How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. GayWon'tWait.com Whoa, whoa, Yeah. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Baby. Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Green Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby. Where did these be at when they said they're On the line now is the host of the BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Ryan Horvat. He is on X at Ryan Horvat. Just one T. Insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan's analysis. Ryan, how's it going, brother? Doing great. My apologies if you hear the background noise. Usually I would be uh, in studio right now getting ready for the show, but uh, today has been a wild day in Washington, D.C., so... I had to commute, and now I have to walk like two miles to get to work because I wanted to stop over at BetMGM, and I could actually uh, give you a little tip. I really like Georgia State, actually, tonight against Coastal Carolina. I wanted to grab a seven. Seven's now gone. It's down to six. I think Georgia State might win that game outright. They're off to their best start in school history, a perfect 3-0. and uh, And, yeah, they haven't really beat anybody yet. And I know we all love Coastal Carolina and Grayson McCall, but watch out for Georgia Southern, man. they got a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, Coastal Carolina really struggles to stop the run, so I think they're live tonight. So I wanted to uh, Coastal, get here early. Coastal hadn't looked the same without Jamie Chadwell running that program. It's been no, kind really of it's been a little that. bit of a step back. Yeah, a little bit of a step back. You know, I mean, and again, like we love Grayson McCall, and if you look at the numbers, I believe he has like four touchdowns to two picks. So they don't really pop off the page, but they just man, they lost a lot of weapons, and it's pretty much like him. He's like seventy five percent of the offense right now. I'm actually yep. kind of surprised that McCall stayed at Coastal Carolina because he got some big offers, including Alabama, a couple million dollars, and he decided to go back to Coastal. Um, so that was kind of surprising. Also probably shows you where at, where Alabama's at as a program right now. Yeah, um, Grayson McCall, what's he, like 30, though, at this point? I feel like he's been there forever at this. I mean, like, I, I uh, we've been talking about him for three years. He's, he's, like, he's got to be a fifth-year guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been there forever. Now, he had, like, a medical injury right. year. See, that's the thing. Like, these guys, like, I'm the biggest Sam Hartman fan. And it's funny, <laughs> like, on our show, right. we'll have, you know, we'll have people on, and they'll be like, you know, and Sam Hartman, look out for him maybe to, to move up. And I'm like, here's the thing. Sam Hartman, if he chooses, can have a 10-year career in the National Football League as a backup. Yes. He's not six foot three, six foot four. He's not a starting quarterback. Some of these guys are just really good college quarterbacks, and that's okay. You know, Devin Leary... I like that pickup for Kentucky. But a lot of these guys, if they've been in college for four or five years, there's a reason why, right? Like, 
we're already waiting to see where Caleb Williams goes and Drake Drake May goes because we're just waiting on those guys to have to complete their 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 service duty. We're ready to see them in the National Football League. Some of these guys are like Grayson McCall. It's like and even when you like preview Coastal Carolina, you're like, how the hell is this guy still the starting quarterback? He's been there since 1994. <laughs> Sam Hartman, there's no reason. There's nothing holding him back from being Gardner Minshew, right? Like that. That's that's sort of the role he should be. He doesn't have a big arm. Yeah. He's relatively accurate. But if you need a placeholder quarterback or a solid backup, there he is. He's going to be there for you. And you know, you know what's funny about that? Because that's what I always say. Because I'm just the biggest Hartman fan, and it helps that I'm a Notre Dame fan. Right. We never get nice things. I mean, isn't that your, that's your that's Hartman. your profile picture on Twitter? There's no the no coincidence that they're playing Ohio State this week. It's Ohio State Hate Week, and you have <laughs> Sam Hartman as your as your profile picture. Yeah, I had to throw that one up there with that beautiful beard and those beautiful locks. But it's funny because like I love Wake Forest as a program. I like that mesh offense, and that's why I was a big Hartman fan. So I couldn't believe he actually ended up choosing Notre Dame because he had a couple different offers. I wouldn't have went to Florida either, so I don't blame him for that. Let them have Graham Mertz. But uh, you know what's funny about him, man? He doesn't have the strongest arm, but I was actually just looking at this because I bet Alabama – I'm sorry, Alabama. I bet Notre Dame on the – I bet the game of the year lines that come out in like June, July, and I bet Notre Dame plus seven and a half way, way, way a long time ago. But I was thinking, man, Ohio State's going to win this game. Do I bet back at the three? Do I take some money line? And I dove into this game, and I watch every game, obviously, at least try to. But I didn't realize Sam Hartman, like you said, he doesn't have the strongest arm. You know, like as far as intended air yards, fourth most in the nation, which I think says like a lot about Notre Dame's play calling, how good their freshman receivers and tight ends have been. But, uh, yeah, Hartman's been a lot better than projected, which is why that numbers went from seven and a half on the look-ahead line on the game of the year all the way down to three, because he looks like the real deal, and so does that offense. And then on the other side, I'm not sure about Ohio State. I Obviously, last week they finally sort of broke through. Granted, they're playing Western Kentucky, and Kyle McCord looked really good in that game. But he hadn't looked good you know, for the, for the most part this year. I, 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 there's two teams in particular. I think I've mentioned this to you. There's two teams in particular that I look at as, you know, before the season you call them college football playoff dark horses, but they are blue bloods in college football. But Penn State and Notre Dame are the two teams this year that I think can make noise where a lot of people didn't think they would be able to sort of reach the, reach the peak of the college football playoff this year. Yeah, and I completely agree, especially with Penn State. The only thing holding me back on them was James Franklin, who I don't truly believe in. But, man, that defense is really damn good. Uh, I think they're going to get after Iowa this weekend. And then in the running back room, you know, with Singleton and Allen, that running back room might be just as good as Michigan. But obviously Michigan has the bigger names with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. And, man, I mean, Penn State's passing offense, they upgrade. Uh, Drew Allers looked like the real deal, made his first road start last week. We'll see what he does against a pretty good Iowa defense. But I actually think Iowa's defense is a little overrated. Right. I see some of these metrics have them as the number one team in the country. I'll tell you right now, Penn State's going to put up some points this weekend as long as it's not a complete weather game. I love the over. Uh, but I'm with you on Penn State, and I want to be with you on Notre Dame. I'm just a fan, so I've right. seen this movie before. And this is what concerns me. Like The reason I'm going back on Ohio State, and I think they win this game, it has nothing to do with the quarterbacks because Kyle McCord right now doesn't look very good. You know, Finally, last week against Western Kentucky, the offense clicked a little bit. But on throws 20 or more yards down the field, he's 11 for 26 this year only, and he has the best wide receiver room in the country with a top-five pick in Marvin Harrison, and he still hasn't looked very good. I think, actually, this game's going to be one on the defensive side of the ball, and that's what scares me. Notre Dame, their offensive line looks great on paper. We talked about Joe out uh, last week. Yep. He's going to be a projected first-round pick, obviously. You know what scares me, though, is if you watch the interior of that offensive line, 
center to guard. Mm-hmm. They've actually looked rough, man. Last week against Central Michigan, Sam Hartman took a beating. A couple weeks ago against North Carolina State when we laid the points with Notre Dame, they only had three points before that weather delay, and Hartman took some shots. So I'm worried, man, because Ohio State's defense, year two under Jim Knowles, with those edge rushers, Sawyer and JTT, I think they might make life a living hell for Hartman. So as long yeah. as they protect them, Notre Dame's live in this game. But I, I worry a little bit about the offensive line. So in college football, we do have six rank versus rank matchups, and, and we have just good matchups in general. I want to start sort of in order here. Uh, we have Florida State visiting Clemson. Um, and honestly, I, I think Florida State's a better team, but you have to go to Death Valley, and, and you never know how that's going to turn out. We've seen Florida State come up short in this game before, um, but they're the number four team in the country. They just, I mean, come off a game against Boston College. It was, it could have been, a, it really looked like a look-ahead game. It looked like one of those trap games, um, and it, it, it played that way as well. Florida State only won 31-29. to Now, granted, they had a bunch of guys sort of, you know, hobbled out there, if you will, with a little bit of a sickness. Um, but but what do you think about this game? Do you think Florida State can run away with this thing? And then ultimately, like you look at the rest of their schedule after Clemson, I I, I don't really get worried about much. I mean, you could you could bring up Duke, you could bring up Miami, but I I think they are better better uh, better teams than those two, and they'll both be at home. So it's funny because here's another one where game of the year I loved. Well, actually, I thought Clemson might end up being favored in this game. I had higher expectations for Clemson, especially at home in Death Valley. But they laid a stinker against Duke. But, man, if you go back and you watch that game, they probably should have won that game. It was week one, new offense, which we all wanted to see the Garrett Riley offense. Unfortunately, we saw the Dabo Clemson offense. We saw the last decade plus. It's getting people fired. But they had a lot of bad red zone turnovers. It was start one. I mean, I know Cade started some games last year, but, like, that was his first, you know, game one, I'm the guy. And you're going against a pretty tough Duke team. Who we're figuring out is for real. Like, I think Mike Elko – is the next guy that gets the big job. Yep. Or these programs are crazy. I loved him in Notre Dame, man. I knew we couldn't have nice things, him running the defense for more than one year. But I just think Duke's a little underrated. I like Clemson in this spot. Uh, okay. I don't know how they get it done, but I think the numbers even telling you there's the right side. It's at two and a half. If we get back to three, I'm going to take the points. You know, you look at Florida State, they really struggled last week against Boston College. And there was a lot of fluky stuff, like you said. Flu bug hit the team. I'm glad that you brought that up because nobody's talking about it. They prepared for like a hurricane weather game, which so did I, but the under, that was a terrible decision. <laughs> and Jordan Travis got hurt for a couple series in that game. But still, like the offense hasn't put together a full four quarters yet. Against LSU, it looks yep. great on paper, but we got to remember they were Second down half. three at the half. Jordan Travis threw an interception, and they look like a mess. It's just Brian Kelly can't coach in big games and falls apart. So... I don't know how Clemson does it. The offense looked like it clicked last week. Of course, they didn't play anybody, but I like them to find a way to win this game. If they lose this game, season over. Two losses already, one in conference. Like, pack up your bags. You're, you got nothing to play for the rest of the year. So, I think they play with some urgency. They're going to be desperate. They're at home. And I love Florida State, but I think they get tripped up once. If it's not this week, Miami might be able to take advantage. Because right now, also, Florida State's defense, sure, they might have the number one overall pick, but he doesn't look like he really wants to be out there this year. And the secondary, the back end of that defense, I'm a little worried about, man. So if, you know, Clemson can't take advantage because they don't have wide receivers that they could scheme open, because let's be honest, like nobody in Clemson's wide receiver room could create separation. That's their issue. 
But if they don't take advantage, I think Miami might be able to in a couple weeks because Tyler Van Dyke and those receivers look really good right now. Now, Ryan, I got to say I would be very disappointed with that outcome, not just because Mike Norvell is my former coach at the University of Memphis, but because I want to see the day of reckoning come for Clemson. I think that Dabo has has sort of putzed around for a long while, and now like you get to this new age of college football, and he, you know, he tried to reject NIL, couldn't make that work. Now he's tried to reject the transfer portal when guys like, you know, on the other side, Keon Coleman was out there for the taking. He could have brought him in potentially, and he decided he doesn't want any transfers. I just feel like Dabo needs to learn this lesson going forward in college football or that Clemson program is really going to struggle. Yeah, Dabo wants to treat it like it's college football from 10, 15 years ago, which I'd be fine with because, I mean, I missed that too, but it's just not how it is now, man. It's almost like the minor leagues now. You got NIL money. But where he really messes up is what you said with the transfer portal. Keon Coleman was right there. And that's what this team has needed for the last couple of years. Right. They haven't had their Sammy Watkins, T. Higgins wide receiver that could create separation. You have to hit the transfer portal. And I'm with you. I'm cheering for Florida State. Half my family from Tallahassee, went to Florida State. My cousin pitched there. I just like Notre Dame. I've kind of seen this movie before, and I need to see them go into Death Valley and win this game before I could truly believe. And I need to see Florida State's offense play a full four quarters and the defense live up to the expectations. Like, they were number one in total defense in the ACC last year. They look like they regressed, and they brought most of their guys back, and they hit the portal. So I'm with you, and I really want to see Dabo lose. Yeah. Especially because, I mean – I want to see the Garrett Riley offense. He won't give us that, so I'm with you. Right. I completely agree. And here's another one that you have to see to believe. Ole Miss on the road against uh, against Bama in, in Tuscaloosa. I, I said it earlier in the show. This is the premier opportunity for Lane to get over top, but I still am not convinced he will. I don't think they've done good against uh, running quarterbacks. Jalen Milrow's back starting. I sort of wonder what that's going to look like. Um, but going on the road, I, last time this this game was the case, we saw Lane Kiffin go for it on fourth down like a million times in that first drive, and then Alabama ran away from it. Now, ran away from them. I know Alabama had a lot more talent then. They looked like a better put-together team then, but this is the premier opportunity for Lane to finally beat Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I'm I'm going to bet Alabama. Right. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that because, if, again, it's see it to believe but, it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I completely agree that this should be the year. And on paper, this should be the old Miss team that can do it because they look really good, um, especially with Jackson Dart. You know, I mean, last year, you know, the running game was there for him, the design quarterback runs. That always looked good. But this year, I think he's improved as a passer, the passing game for Ole Miss. That said, they haven't really played, again, the full four quarters. Uh, they haven't played anybody yet. And I actually, this game is going to come down to, I think this is a Tommy Reese game. You could say Jalen Milrow mm-hmm. or Tyler Buckner or any of those guys, but Jalen Milrow is at his best on quarterback design runs, getting him out using his legs. You can't run the Alabama offense that you were running for Tua and Bryce Young. You have to run the Jalen Milrow yep. offense. Again, like Clemson, you have to adapt here more quarterback design runs. They've only called nine of them this season. So I think that's what it comes down to. And if they do that, I think they could take advantage of Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball against Alabama's front. And if you become one-dimensional against that secondary, I know Kool-Aid McKinstry hasn't played up to his potential, but still, I think he could be in big trouble. So I'm going to lay the points with Bama, but a lot of people I know did grab the eight with Ole Miss, which is why we're down to six and a half. Once we got under a touchdown, man, it's Saban. He's upset. He's pissed off. The narrative is this team's no good. And I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're terrible. So I'm going to grab Bama 
But I'm, here's another one where I'm going to be rooting for Lane, though, because yep. if he doesn't get it done this year, when's he going to beat Saban? Yep, and I, I'm, I'm so with you. I'm glad you brought it up that way. They need to run the Jalen Milrow offense. They're stuck in between systems. Like, they went from, okay, let's spread it out, play just good enough defense the past few years with all these great quarterbacks, this great quarterback run they've had. Now they switch back. They bring in Tommy Reese. They bring in Kevin Steele. And they're still throwing the ball. They're still trying to drop back and air the ball out a lot. And I figured, you know, Tommy Reese, you, you saw him at Notre Dame. This is a guy who likes to run the ball. He likes to pound the rock, and it feels like they have not quite done that. They haven't accomplished that yet. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, And that's the thing with college football. You know, when you do hit the portal and when you do hire a different coordinator, you know, it's going to take some time. And that's why I love overreactions in college football. For Alabama, though, I mean, also, season on the line right here. You know what I mean? Like, same thing. Like, that's what I love about this week is there's going to be a lot of desperate teams who we're down on, who really have to win, like Clemson, like Alabama. And it's just so crazy that they're both in the same spot because remember when we had that run where we're like, all right, are we ever going to get a different national title game other than Clemson and Bama? And now it's week four and they're both playing for their lives this year. Mm -hmm. Now, Pac-12, I I saw this stat this morning. Pac-12 has eight teams with a 3-0 record this season. USC, Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, Utah, Washington, Washington State. Now, granted, they're going to turn into dust next year, the Pac-12. It's, it's, it's frustrating, all this quarterback talent they have and how good their, their conference is. They're going to be nothing as we get into next year. But they have three top 25 matchups this week. Um, and I, I'll, I'll ask about them all in, in particular. But we have Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, and then Oregon State at Washington State. And by the way, Washington State, I think Cam Ward deserves a lot more credit in all of these these conversations with the top quarterbacks in college football. He's been unbelievable through three weeks and in the NFL draft conversations. I don't know what he – I mean, he, he in the past has not taken care of the ball as well as he should have, but that's beyond the point. I think he's been great this year. He was great last year as well. But who do you think – just overarchingly, just through three weeks watching these these Pac-12 teams, who do you think makes it through the shuffle? I know that they usually have a lot of uh, they 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 cannibalize in the Pac-12, but but who do you like the most out of the Pac-12? Is it USC? Is it Oregon? Is it uh, Washington? Washington's one that a lot of people like with Michael Penix. Yeah, great question, man. I think for me. Uh, right now it would be Oregon, and I really I think that's my favorite bet this weekend. But also I just – because if you look at the Pac-12, usually I pick uh, Utah, and I would do the same thing this right. year. But the problem is I we don't have a healthy Cam Rising. Kuthi hasn't been healthy this season. I'm not down on them. They're still tough. But uh, I'm not going to pick them to win the conference because I think Oregon has it all. I mean, offensively, I wanted to see what Bo Nix would look like year one without Kenny Dillingham, who leaves for the Arizona State job. Uh, he's still completing over 70% of his passes. Obviously, he's going to step up in class here the next couple of weeks. But what I like about Oregon is look at what Utah did. Like, they've been dominant because they're a Big Ten team that was playing in the Pac-12. You know, Pac-12 is all about explosive plays, not a whole lot of defense, good quarterback play, weak secondaries. And Utah, they're tough, man. Every year they're top 10, top 15 nationally, defensively. And that's what Oregon's at least trying to do right now. Now they're not there yet, but you have Dan Lanning who comes over, you know, defensive-minded guy. Uh, you have all the right weapons on the offensive side of the ball still. So for me, it's Oregon. And, uh, you know, I would love to say USC. They have the most talent. If I'm making a prediction I before the season, you know, and I want to be lazy, I'd probably go with them. But the back end of their schedule is tough. And in the non-con, they also get Notre Dame. And it might be a pissed-off Notre Dame team if they lose to Ohio State with their season on the line. So I don't love that. Washington, I want to believe, man. Like, I love Michael Penix. I love Kalen DeBoer. I love that offensive system. 
but I just worry that they don't play enough defense. You could really right. say that about all of those teams, which is why you should be looking at Oregon State. The problem yep. is DJU kind of became DJU that we saw, uh, you know, at Clemson last week. We don't want him turning the ball over, but maybe a team like that, a team that actually plays some defense, that's the toughest conference for me to predict uh, predict right now, though. Yeah, um, so you say you like uh, Oregon the most at home against Colorado, and I, I, I sort of get your thought oh, yeah. process. Uh, rain, Colorado's going to be without Travis Hunter, arguably, not even arguably. He's their best wide receiver and their best DB at the same time. Uh, but that's a big-ass number. That's a big old number, 21 points, 21 and a half, depending on where you get it at. Um, does does that number scare you off at all, or are you, are you laying those points happily? Yeah, the number is what scares me off from this not being my biggest bet of the year. What I did is I ended up playing the first half. It went from 11 to 13, but I'm just going to lay it with Oregon in the first half pretty big. Problem is, you know, on the look-ahead line, we were getting this as a 15-point spread. I had it circled. This was going to be when I would fade the public in Colorado. And I like Colorado. Like, Dion's doing a great job. Their projected win total, man, was 3.5. They're 3-0 right, right now. I like the starters. They have no depth, though. Like, we knew the starters yeah. were going to be good. We knew Travis Hunter was good. We knew his son was good. But what we didn't know was, was the offensive line going to hold up? How good were they going to be in the trenches? And what was the depth going to look like? And now that depth is going to be tested. I know Travis Hunter is just a wide receiver DB. But like you said, he's also both. He plays 126 snaps a game, and they have no depth behind him. So I would argue he's worth more to the market. So the big number does scare me off. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
wish we got the 15. Unfortunately, Hunter got hurt, and they laid a dud against Colorado State, who, let's not forget, could have won that game. They got yep. penalized 17 times for 185 yards, something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but they should have won that game. They lose in overtime, but, man, I wanted a better number. I do like Oregon a lot, though, but I think the best bet you can make is the first half because, you know, and you know what it really I think is telling? Dion has been very quiet, unless I missed something. He hasn't said anything this week. Dan Lanning was kind of running his mouth a little bit last week saying, Colorado, what have they won? Why are we talking about them? Yeah. Dion had nothing to say. You know, Dion, he's talked a lot when he's played lesser programs. I think he knows it's the day of reckoning coming on Saturday. And you know what? I, people have asked me, can Colorado win this game? I say, no, I don't think they can win this game. But that's fine. That, that's totally okay. Right. They're not supposed to yet. Yeah. Maybe not, like maybe in a couple of years they can. Well, and I, it's terrible because they're not going to be in the Pac-12. In a couple of years, man, if Dion decides to stay, which I don't think he does. I think him and Sean Lewis are elsewhere, right? But they'll be able to compete. Right now they can't. But like they shouldn't be able to. They should be more than 20-point dogs. Honestly, this is a team that was 5-21 and 21 in their last 26 games. And that's what scares me against Oregon. Like, just a terrible matchup. Do you blitz Bo Nix? Are you getting home with three or four guys? I don't think so. No. Oregon's offensive line is the real deal. And then defensively, Shador Sanders has been great. He's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, though. Oregon might be able to get home with three or four and might not have to blitz. The only concern I have with Oregon is their secondary. Obviously, you lose a guy like Christian Gonzalez, first-round pick. But they've kind of held up pretty pretty good so far. And, uh you know, but it is a big number, and you have to worry about Oregon getting three consecutive stops against that offense. But yeah, I just I don't know how Colorado gets it done. Yeah, if I'm if I'm digging into like if I'm criticizing Prime, which is, there's not much to criticize. I mean, three three and zero at this point, considering you know what they were last year and what he did this offseason, right. it's unbelievable. And he's won he's won games in different ways. That Nebraska game was a slow down, grind it out type game. They they figured it out. Uh, the other two games were up and down the field, had to go score when when it, especially against Colorado State when it mattered. They went down, they scored. Jimmy Horn had a terrible game until he caught that. Uh, uh, that that touchdown pass that ultimately, uh, you know, right after that they had the two point conversion got to overtime. So it's been impressive as hell. But if I if I'm poking a hole in what he's done, this shouldn't be surprising though. His O line and D line is just so bad. They're just not good. And I guess his D line as fourth quarters hit so far this year, they somehow wake up the pass rush. But that O line, I, I this is why I think Shador Sanders, you know, deserves as much NFL hype as we're giving him is because he's on oh, yeah. his back four or five times a game, even in, even against not so good opponents. And he still stands in there, cool, calm, collected and makes something happen. If you tell me that he's going to be the best pro quarterback other than Caleb Williams in the Pac-12, I won't call you crazy. I would agree. I like Bo Nix. I don't know what he is at the NFL level though, right? Like I saw him at Auburn against SEC defenses. I don't know that I trust him going against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. <laughs> right. But Shador, Shador's like a point guard. Man. Like, he just gets rid of the ball. He always knows to go where he knows where to go with the ball. One last thing I'll say about Colorado, because people have been calling me a Colorado hater. I'm not. It's just a projected three-and-a-half-win team that now you're telling me is going to hang in there with Oregon, who I predicted to win the Pac-12, and I just don't see it. They're really well-disciplined, man. Like, if you notice, right after the play, they get – they hand the ball to the official, they get right back on the ball. Like, Dion mm-hmm. is a very good coach, and he's surrounded himself, I know I say this every week, with really smart football people like Sean Lewis, which is why that team's been so successful to start the year. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
I also with Pac-12 quarterbacks, I know I mentioned it earlier in this conversation, but sort of briefly, is, is, is Cam Ward from Washington State one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country, or am I just am I, am I on drugs? Am I, am I losing my mind? I feel like, I mean, he's 77 for 107, 990 yards, 9 TDs. He's their leading rusher. I, I, I don't get why this guy is not getting as much hype. Obviously, they're in Pullman. I mean, we're talking about Wazoo. That's probably most of the reason. But damn, at some point, people are going to have to give him his respect. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like, I faded them this week, but I agree. Like, he is the real deal. And that's why I liked them last season. I didn't do anything with the win total, but I was just really excited to see what it was going to look like, especially anytime you get a quarterback that comes over with his former coach or his former OC and they know each other so well. I mean, I get it's like a different story, but Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, kind of the same thing, you know, coming over from Immaculate. But, man, he's been so good. And here's the thing. What would Cam Ward be? What would Alabama be with Cam Ward? Oh, God. Because you know, I completely right. agree. Like, he's 75% of that offense, man. Like, we talked about Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina. I kind of wanted to see what he would look like with a real offense. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, as great as the numbers are, he's one of the best passers in the ACC in the history. It helps that he's been there for 15 years or was there for 15 years. But, like, imagine now you're seeing what he does with actual NFL talent surrounding him. Because we saw what he did at Wake Forest, and, and the wide receivers were good, but the offensive line wasn't. So, I think if Cam Ward is at Alabama, they might be unbeaten right now. So mm. I'm completely there with you, man. Like he is doing everything that he can, and uh, they've been fun. Now, unfortunately, I do think that comes to an end this right. weekend, though. I did have to try to catch them, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking with Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat, just one T on X from BetMGM tonight. He's also Odyssey Sports betting insider. On to the NFL tonight. We have Giants at 49ers. I uh, I told you off air before we before we even started this segment that uh, I am I am prepared to lay lay all the points. 49ers minus 10.5. No no uh, Saquon Barkley. No Andrew Thomas. That's pretty massive for a Giants O-line that already stinks. Their best O-lineman's going to be out. And the 49ers can get after the pass. The 49ers offenses look good through two weeks. I uh, I don't give the Giants any any chance in tonight's game. What, what say you on it? No, and that's why I'm so glad that we got the Georgia-Southern game because I'm with you. I'm not going to bet this game. If I were to bet this game, I would only bet San Francisco, and I hate laying once we get past key numbers, like a 10-and-a-half. Right. But I just don't know how you make the case for the Giants. You could say Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka are two great offensive minds, and if they had a full week to prepare for this San Fran defense without Saquon and Andrew Thomas, maybe they figure something out. But it's a short week. Like you said, you're without your tackle. You're without your best running back, who's like 65% of your offense. And look what San Francisco does defensively. The one area you worry about is their DBs because they're 22nd against the deep pass. I don't think Daniel Jones and Jalen Hyatt, I mean, maybe Jalen Hyatt catches a couple balls, but they don't really worry me, right? You worry about the tight ends and the running back, and that's what San Francisco does better than any team in the league. They take away those short passes. So I think Daniel Jones is going to be under pressure tonight. I think it could get ugly. I don't want to lay it just because it's a short week. It's a weird, fluky kind of Thursday night type game. But I would only bet San Francisco in this game. I actually planned on betting the over, thinking, man, San Francisco might hang 40 themselves against this giant secondary. Problem is, like, that number continues to go down, and it's Thursday night. Unders are always a great bet on Thursday night. So what I did was I stayed away from this game, other than one player prop. Daniel Jones, under 33.5 passing attempts. Of course, it could be a blowout. But even if it's a blowout, are you really dropping him back with that offensive line to get teed off? By Nick well, yeah, Bosa, both, yeah. you know, you got Fred Warner in coverage. So I like the <laughs> under on his passing attempts because if Dayball and them want to stay in this game, 
they're going to have to come up with some way to run the ball, and I don't know how they do that with their backup running backs. Oh, what, what's going on with the Bears, by the way? My gosh. We have Allen Williams out as a DC, and I mean more than more than anything, though the Justin Fields presser was pretty. Uh, that was a little bit of fireworks. Now he came back and he explained afterwards that may, he's not literally going after Luke Getze and saying he's a terrible coach, uh, but he did mention that coaching was one of the reasons he's playing so robotic this year. Isn't it amazing? We 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 talk about all off season. Justin Fields is going to be a a improved quarterback. This Bears team with what they've done in the off season with Ryan Poles, they're going to be an improved. Team. Team. And then two weeks in, they look like the dumpster fire of the National Football League. And that's saying something because we have the Cardinals alongside them with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. It's amazing. Like, they are the worst team in the National Football League right now. Yeah, absolutely. And as Packer fans, we're all kind of taking our victory lap because there was, like, a lot of trash talk going on this offseason. Like, the Bears, for a team that hasn't won the Super Bowl since 1985 or just been irrelevant, you would think, like, this was the year that they were the Buffalo Bills coming into the season. Instead, they're a disaster. Uh, God only knows what's even going on. I haven't even really paid attention to the whole story with Peanut Tillman and the FBI. I it's been it's been denied like several times. But then there's like more reports from Pat McAfee saying that Alan will uh, you know uh, their their DC's yeah, house got raided by the FBI. It's all over the place. I've, it's a bunch of unsubstantiated reports though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, um, it is uh, like a big mess there, obviously, in Chicago. And I would think that eventually, like, Ryan Poles is going to have to make some decisions because he's only been there a couple years. And it's funny because, like, I, I actually like what Ryan Poles had been doing. <laughs> right, but same. When you, look, when you look at it, man, they spent a bunch of money on the inside linebacker position, which you just don't do in the year 2023. Good thing for him, though, like why he'll save his job most likely uh, he didn't draft Justin Fields. So, like, if they're bad enough, and they might be bad enough to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, he could just pull that plug. Because, yep. uh, you know, Fields was a um, a Ryan Pace guy, not a Ryan Poles guy. Yeah, it was Ryan Pace trying to save his job at the tail end. Now, last thing for exactly. uh, for Ryan Horvat, BetMGM tonight, and also Odyssey Sports betting insider. Why why is everybody coming after our Memphis Grizzlies here in Memphis? Like, what's, what's the deal here? We have Evan Turner saying they should move to Nashville. We have a guy from the volume of sports, I think Jason Temp, saying that Jalen Brunson is a better player than John Morant. Why, why, why does everybody come after the Memphis Grizzlies? Have they, have they put this target on themselves or what? I don't know. I love it, though, to be honest, because I've been talking about this you know, whenever we talk NBA. Like, I, uh, I'm actually going to buy low on the Grizzlies this year as okay. far as a win total. I don't know if they win a championship. I don't know what the Celtics were thinking trading away Marcus Smart. Right. And I know, like, people laugh because it's Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is actually one of the better clutch players, honestly, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I don't know how much you pay attention to those numbers or care about him, but we know what he is defensively. I don't think he deserved that defensive player of the year a couple of years ago. But I thought Ja was going to be suspended for, like, 50 to 70 games. Oh, wow. Bad. I mean, I think they'll be able to survive. I thought they were really going to, like, try to lay the law down you know, for whatever reason, man. And instead, I mean, I'm not going to say that's a slap on the wrist. That's BS in my opinion still, but uh, I don't know. I, I Two years ago, they were the hottest team. Now everybody loves the Sacramento Kings in the West. I think the Grizzlies will be fine. Now, I do think they may have, like, I don't know. I don't want to say they missed their championship window, but I do still think they're, like, a big piece away. I don't know how you compete against Phoenix if they stay healthy. Um, there's just a lot of what-ifs in the West, though. Like, yeah. I, know, I liked what the Lakers did this offseason, but are they good enough to win a championship? I don't know. Are the Clippers ever going to be healthy? 
Uh, it's it's tough to call right now. No, I get you. I get you, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that as the season rolls oh, yeah. around. But, Ryan, appreciate it, man. Thanks for popping on. We'll do it again next week. Thanks so much for having me. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. That is Ryan Horvat on X, at Ryan Horvat, just one T. Um, he's the host of the BetMGM Tonight podcast, and he is an Odyssey Sports betting insider. Insider calls, again, are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. It's time to hop in to the Blitz, and we get to some of that Grizzlies disrespect that I was talking about. Jason Temp from the Volume Sports has said that Jalen Brunson is better than John Morant. I'll tell you all of the reasons that that is idiotic on the other side, 92.9 FM ESPN. appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, we'll get to the Blitz in just a second where we have to defend John Morant's honor against none other than Jalen Brunson. I never thought that I'd have to say those uh, two names in the same sentence, but here we are. But before that, snap into action this NFL season with the FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, players, props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That's my promo code. G-A-B-E-K. And kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL at 92.90 ESPN. You must be 21 plus and president in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. All right, Connor, let's, uh, let's get into it. Gabe, some absolutely insane things have been said today on social media about the Memphis Grizzlies, and we have to talk about one of them. Jason Temp from the Volume Sports had this to say about John Morant. And Jalen Brunson. John Morant's going to be better than Jalen Brunson in the long run. He's just got too much natural ability. But here's the reality. Jalen Brunson right now is a devastating playoff player. He led them to a win against the Cavs. He was the guy who damn near beat the Heat in Game 6 and almost pushed that series to Game 7. Jalen Brunson right now is flat out a better basketball player than John Morant. It's not going to be like that forever. But he is right now. Like we can, you have to separate the potential and, and, and the theoretical basketball player from the actual basketball player that's actually on the floor leading teams to victory right now. J- Jalen Brunson beat the Cavs, who were one of the very best teams in the league last year. The John Morant playoff experience has been beating a bad Minnesota Timberwolves team two years ago and getting beat by veteran teams as soon as he faced them. And and that's not to say that John Morant's not going to eventually have that opportunity and succeed. I expect him to eventually. But he's a kid, and he's not quite what he's going to be yet. Jalen Brunson right now is a better, more reliable playoff player. I don't think that's a hot take. 
That is uh, that is absolutely a hot take. That is definitely dumb. It's not That's a hot it take. Is. It's a brain dead take. It's, 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 it's brain dead. It's so it's so stupid. And like it's weird. Like through all these things with John Morant, like all of his issues off the floor, the twenty five game suspension. I feel like he's almost becoming underrated. Like people don't really very much so. understand yes. what he really brings to the floor every single night. But I, I'm just gonna break this down as simple as I can. Last year during the regular season, I know he's talking about playoffs. So I'll get to that in a second. Regular season, John Morant had more points, more rebounds, more assists than Jalen Brunson. Seems better. Um, let's go to the playoffs, right? Let's go to the playoffs all time. This is this is where you sort of, you, oh, he's a more reliable playoff player. All time, Jalen Brunson, 20.8 points per game, 3.8 assists per game, 4.3 rebounds per game. You go to Jaws playoff stats in the same amount of years, 27.3 points per game, 8.6 assists per game, 6.8 rebounds per game. And, like, we talk about teams being led by a point guard. John Morant has led his team two years in a row to 50-win seasons. Jalen Brunson had a 47-win season last year with the Knicks. And Jalen Brunson wasn't even the leading scorer on that team. That was Julius Randle. I like Jalen Brunson. This is why this makes me so mad. I think Jalen Brunson, considering his size and his lack of natural athletic ability, he has carved himself out a star player role in the NBA. Against all odds, quite frankly, he's a very crafty guy. He's very fun to watch. He can make some things happen. He can create for his teammates. But he doesn't do anything better than John Moran. Defensively, he's a negative. He's small. He doesn't give all that much effort. He doesn't look great on the defensive end. I know Jaw's not good on the defensive end, but it's sort of like a, a, you know, all the way at least somewhat equal, even though John Morant can make some explosive plays at the rim, go block shots where uh, Jalen Brunson can't. I just don't get this argument in the slightest. It is brain dead. It is ridiculous. And he wants to talk about, oh, well, Ja, he got against the Warriors and and against the Lakers, these veteran-laden teams, and ended up losing. What happened to Jalen Brunson last year? He won a series, gets into a veteran, plays a veteran-laden Heat team, and they beat him. But Gabe, he they almost beat him. Gabe, he almost pushed it to seven, though. Did you almost, hear what he said? Almost, he almost, yes. Which almost, I, almost winning is what <laughs> losing. <laughs> yes, it is. It's just wow. It's ridiculous to me, and not to mention the teams that John Moran has lost to. One, yeah, yeah, one real. went on to win the NBA Finals in the Warriors, and they're a dynastic team. The other is LeBron and AD on the Lakers, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And if there's a couple of bounces off the rim a little different, maybe they win a couple of games against that Nuggets team. It's just ridiculous. And why, it's ridiculous. And why this is, is the bubble knockout of the Warriors just conveniently forgotten by everybody? It's, that it's, happened. It's John Morant... Almost single-handedly eliminated the Warriors in the bubble because he was unbelievable. He has scored 40 points in a playoff game multiple times. He hit a game winner against the Timberwolves. They beat a talented Timberwolves team who is all of a sudden the darling of the NBA this offseason. So you're telling me that all of a sudden they stink now because it was two years ago? What are we doing here? And also the Cavaliers about- said before the series or after the series that the lights were too bright. And he beat that team. Congratulations. And I also think a good way to uh, sort of look at uh, what 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 the the real narrative is is you know sometimes media can make mistakes, but at the same time when you look at accolades, I think it tells you a story. You know how many accolades Jalen Brunson has? Zero. Like zilch. None. And I hate bringing him down like this. It frustrates me. I like Jalen Brunson, but John Morant, Rookie of the Year, All NBA, two time All Star. Like I, most improved player, most improved Gabe. Player. How dare like, you? It's just consistently the idiocy. 
that gets put out there on a consistent basis, really, about this Grizzlies team, about John Morant, is ridiculous, and it's annoying, and it's just, you need to stop it. They need to stop it. And I get why there's a lot of Grizzlies fans you know, over the years, and I don't want to buy into it because I don't like being playing the disrespect card all the time, but there is a massive disrespect uh, for John Morant and what he's accomplished in this league because of what has transpired in the past year and a half. John Morant is one of... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The most talented basketball players I have ever seen with my eyes. Yes, he has some off-the-court things and going honestly, on. honestly, on the court, I wish there were some things he got better at. I wish sure. he was better on the defensive side of the ball. I wish he sometimes, like in late-game situations, would stop just putting his head down and trying to go full-fledged into the paint when an opposing team is is guarding the paint with with their life, right? I wish he, he would get his head up and get his teammates involved in those situations. There's a lot of things I want John Morant to work on. But if you're going to compare him to Jalen Brunson and say Jalen Brunson's a better player, you're in, you're an idiot. You're 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 you've lost your mind. You don't know what you're watching. They're not comparable. John Morant is someone who is in MVP conversations. He is in All NBA conversations. He's in Best Point Guard in the League conversations. Are you telling me that you replaced Jalen Brunson with John Morant on that FIBA team that they would have lost to Germany? Point here. Are you telling me that they would have lost to Germany with John Moran out there on that court? Yeah, we talked about They didn't have the star player. They didn't have the star power. They didn't have the guys that could just score when they needed to. They had Anthony Edwards, but he was out there by himself. You're telling me that John Moran out there creating? One of the biggest issues was a lack of athleticism, too. Athleticism, speed, creation. You put put John Moran, replace him on that FIBA team. Uh, replace Jalen Brunson with John Moran on that FIBA team, they they probably are able to run through the rest Josh of the Josh Hart was getting minutes over Jalen Brunson. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this is also, I think, a symptom of this ridiculous ex-new world that we live in because of Elon. Yeah. This is such an engagement it play at the like same it. time. It does. This is the same guy who this yesterday... Is, by the way, this is, a, this is Volume Sports. This is Colin Coward's podcasting arm Jason sure. Tim works for. Yesterday, though, this is the same guy who was stumping for Damian Lillard, saying that the Blazers owe him things. I'm not quite sure this guy fully believes what he is saying. Even yeah. in the clip that we played, he kept saying multiple times, John Brandt's going to be... He is a better player. He's a better player right now. And using the... Jalen Brunson victory against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are a very talented team, but using that as your evidence and your only evidence, only evidence, he had no other evidence None. except for a playoff series win by Jalen Brunson against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're using that 
to say that he's better than John Morant. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's ridiculous. John Morant had a broken hand and averaged 27 points a game against the Los Angeles Lakers, and they still almost came back in that same. What are we doing here? He scored 45 and, points and, against the Warriors what, multiple Connor, times. What are we doing hounding, here? Being that it's engagement hounding, it almost feels like we've spent too much time on it. But it is just... You see this 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 lack of respect for John Morant sort of creeping into NBA narrative. He and is NBA, going to uh, dialogue. He's going to put sixty on the Knicks next time they play them because of this. <laughs> when when John Morant takes scorched earth to the New York Knicks next time they play, we can go to this clip as as what to blame for the death of the New York Knicks by John Morant's hands. It's it's ridiculous. As as Eric Spolster would say. It's the untrained eye. It's the untrained eye that would say something like this. Ridiculous. Silly. John Moran's going to come back after that 25-game suspension. He's going to put the world back on notice, and I can't wait. Yep. The Grizzlies do play the best as the underdog with the chip on their shoulder. Marcus Smart's going to have that chip. John Moran's going to have that chip. Jaron Jackson Jr. now, after the conversation around him with FIBA, is now going to have that chip. Yep. Keep underestimating this Grizzlies team. Keep doing it. Please, please keep doing it. Yep. And you're going to see what happens next year when they're all back and healthy. It's going to yep. be fantastic to watch. Yep. Minka Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick is having to address the hit that he put on Nick Chubb that led to the gruesome knee injury that we saw on Monday night. Here's what he had to say. I'm not going to sit here and defend my character. I know the type of player that I am. Chubb knows the type of player I am. I played against him for the past five years, two times a year, and I love competing against him. He brings out the best of me, and I bring out the best of him. No chance that I would ever try to purposely injure somebody, always. It's an unfortunate event. I I can't believe that this is... This is a topic of conversation, just similar to the Jalen Brunson, John Morant conversation that, that Jason Temp brought up. But there's a lot of people talking about Minka Fitzpatrick and calling him a dirty player for going low and getting Nick Chubb down in that situation, and it led to an injury. And I think sometimes in society, things like this happen, and the lens we view it through depends on the final sort of result, Right. If Nick Chubb just rolls over top of Minka Fitzpatrick and no one gets hurt, no one discusses Minka Fitzpatrick in this hit being dirty. No one. But since Nick Chubb's knee basically snapped in two, we have this discussion after the fact because the result leaves a lot of people in this weird headspace. I get it. It's human nature. You don't ever want to see a star player go out like that. But Minka Fitzpatrick has been in the league for years. And he's been one of the best, if not the best, free safety in those years. And he has been voted by his peers in the NFL Top 100 several different times. And if you hear people around the league talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, he doesn't talk, he doesn't play dirty, he goes about his daily business, and he continues to be at the top of the safety uh, conversation every single year in the NFL. I'm glad he addressed it by saying, I'm not going to sit here and defend my character. Sometimes in football, we slow things down in slow-mo, and people see it in slow-mo, and they act like that's how the game is played. No, it's a bang-bang decision you have to go make as a free safety dealing with Nick Chubb, who squats 850 to 900 pounds. He has a, yeah, he has a linebacker attached to him up top, but he is chugging his legs. It's a goal line situation. What do you have to do if you're a free safety? Keep him from getting into the end zone. If Minka Fitzpatrick hits him up top, he's carrying him and Hulk, uh, Cole Holcomb straight into the end zone from six yards away, no questions asked, because that's what Nick Chubb does. There is in no way, shape, or form a world that I see where Minka Fitzpatrick tried to injure him, tried to make him hurt, tried to hurt his knee. That is not what this was. 
He went low to get Nick Chubb on the ground to help his team win a game. Did the result hurt me to watch because Nick Chubb's going to be out for an extended period of time? Hell yes. But Minka Fitzpatrick, by no stretch of the imagination, is a dirty player. And I don't even think, by any stretch of the imagination, that that was a dirty play. We see DBs all the time go for the legs of big running backs and tight ends and wide receivers that are bigger than them. They don't want to tackle them up top. In fact, and a lot of, I mean, truthfully, trick of the trade here, you go behind the scenes, they are taught to cut those guys because you don't want to attack them up top. Minka Fitzpatrick's not the biggest guy in the world. He has to attack guys that are stronger than him at the legs. We see it all the time. But in the end of the day, I think people that are calling Minka Fitzpatrick a dirty player and that play a dirty play are mad at the result, not at the actual hit. And I'll just sort of leave it at that. But that'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day. That's going to be the Rewind when we return on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play a battle rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Today was a big day to talk about some college football. I've talked about it all week, but it's a big opportunity for the University of Memphis against Mizzou this weekend. Mizzou, of course, coming off an emotional high, maybe without a starting quarterback. They have to travel to St. Louis. There's a lot of different reasons to like the Tigers with a long week of preparation. But at the same time, I think the discussion needs to turn to Ryan Silverfield. Is this the chance to get people back on board? If you're 4-0 taking on Boise State at home, what does that home crowd look like? I think substantially better. If they see the product and they see that you can beat an SEC opponent basically in a pseudo-road game, I think a lot of people will be back on board. And also from a local team. Is it now or never for Lane Kiffin to get over top of his former boss, Nick Saban? I think yes. Alabama is is not on stable footing. They have new coordinators. Their own line isn't great, and Ole Miss has done a good job of getting after the quarterback, and the QB situation is in flux. Go make it happen if you're Lane Kiffin, because I fear that going forward, Nick Saban's going to make some changes and in the twilight of his career. It's going to be really hard for that Ole Miss team to get over top at any other time. Guess-wise today, it was fun. We had Ryan Horvat on at 6 from BetMGM tonight to talk some picks for the weekend and Jeff Calkins at five per normal. If you want to play back the whole show, download the Odyssey app, search 9290 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Giants at 49ers. 49ers minus 10 and a half at home. Again, let's stay away from the big number tonight. I, I, I'm not a big fan of just this huge line and it may grow. It may get to 11 points, which I really hate. Um, but even if the Giants were at full strength, I would like the 49ers. I would pick that side. Um, I think you should take the first half line tonight, though. Go minus six and a half for the first half for the 49ers. It's minus 125 right now on FanDuel. The Giants are missing Saquon Barkley. We know that it was Saquon Barkley is off the field. Daniel Jones QBR goes down by 11 points. And they're missing Andrew Thomas, their starting left tackle, who's their best offensive lineman. What's going to happen for the 49ers? They're going to pin their ears back and get after Daniel Jones. I can, I can assure you that. But again, first half line minus six and a half 49ers. Fast forward. Fast forward. Big, big day tomorrow. Ryan Silverfield, live from St. Louis. He will join us ahead of that big weekend against Mizzou. Lee Sterling will give you some picks for college football and the NFL, and we'll preview just the weekend in football for you right here on the Gabe Coon Show. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Ryan Horvat and Jeff Calkins for their contributions. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Amber and Ian. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.